0: Hi, welcome to Offscript. I'm Zach Lewis.
1: And I'm Dr. Draper.
0: Today on the show, we are welcoming a guest. First things first. Yes, we have a guest on the show today. We haven't had a guest in like 80 episodes or something. I, Andy, Andy, who do we have?
1: Uh, we have uh, my good friend, uh, Andra Passan, who's going to be a special guest. You're talking about Bill and Ted as well as commenting on the rest of the show.
0: Yes. Andra, thanks for joining us.
2: Yes, thrilled to join.
0: What What is it that makes you like a Bill and Ted expert because ever since we s- this started coming out a- andy was like hey i have a friend we might have on the show to talk about it um are you just a big fan
2: let's get very specific here i'm a keanu reeves fan
0: okay okay good no okay good i have a lot of thoughts on his performance in bill and ted so that'll be good ah <laughs> you came so correct with the throw pillow Uh, Well, today on the show, we're going to be talking about Bill and Ted Face the Music, of course, the new Bill and Ted film. We're going to take a look at some trailers that are coming out that we're excited to talk about. We looked at Hulu's The Binge, a new Vince Vaughn kind of stoner teen road comedy uh, that we're going to talk about. And before we get to all that, we need to get to the news. Our first story, the Oscars announced new inclusion requirements for best picture eligibility. Uh, Andy, you're our Oscar correspondent. (laughs) what does this mean
1: uh so like you said the oscars released a new inclusion list list of of things that you need to um kind of like a checklist that you need to be compatible with um, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes in order to be eligible for best picture um for instance uh uh, just the first one that comes up. Uh, at least one of the the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented upper, underrepresented racial or ethnic group, and they have similar guidelines for general ensemble class, cast, major storyline, subject matter, as well as lots of uh, things behind the scenes, um, in, including uh, you know things like who's in the director's chair, casting, hair, makeup, and even goes as far as um, talent development things like apprenticeships and internships at at uh, studios and distribution companies
0: naturally uh people respond to this on twitter uh in a, in a surprising fashion with a little bit of vitriol because it was well by god how dare my movies have uh you know ra- racial undertones injected into them but i don't think that's what this is about right all these films have to do is meet like two of these categories and they're all across the board it's not just like two of your actors have to be of a different race or ethnicity, or your main story has to be around racism. It's not that at all. It's about like, initiatives, behind the scenes, who's working behind the camera, Part like 30% of your crew should be uh, a represented ethnicity here, or or a racial group. Um, So so overall, you only have to meet two of these requirements. This is not that big of a deal. In fact, many films already meet these requirements. This is just a way to kind of bolster, I think, um, you know, uh, as portion of the industry that's underrepresented and I think it's a good thing
1: yeah abs- absolutely um and I-, I wanted to hand it off to Andra uh, did you have any thoughts on this
2: so I'm usually very disinterested almost against award shows just because it feels like a pat on the back however when it's shining a light on underrepresented groups I am all for this
0: yeah I, I think I'm in the same boat Andy any uh, any hot takes on this I, I think
1: what stands out to me is the behind-the-scenes development, um, not just um, things like director, but you know, part of the reason we don't have an, enough talent in these diverse areas, um, or underrepresented areas is just because those people from those areas aren't, don't have the opportunity to develop or have opportunities to learn, uh, these different traits. So I think that that's a really important part of this, the, the part about, um, apprenticeships and internships and kind of learning positions uh, are a- also part of the in- inclusivity initiatives, not just who's in front of the screen.
0: Right. And I think that's part of what makes this a good thing, right? Hollywood's a little, uh, a little old, and when it comes to old money, it's it's a, it's maybe a little white. So, like, we could stand to, you know, uh, put some footholds in for people in need it in the industry. And diversity is good. <laughs> well, and
1: it also a lot of times uh, people don't really know what in- inclusivity and diversity means or what it's supposed to look like. So it helps if you create some sort of benchmark.
0: Yeah. So I'm into it. Uh, our next story: uh, Wonder Woman, 1984. Uh, delays release to Christmas this also couples with another story Candyman the horror film was also delayed uh, to 2021 big delays from big movies Andy what do you know about this
1: I was really disappointed in this. I was really looking forward to to Wonder Woman and Candyman, uh, especially. I just watched Candyman this year, and so I like got really into it recently. Um, so I'm disappointed that it got pushed. But all this actually goes back to Tenet. The Tenet numbers have not been very good. Have not been very promising. And so now Warner Brothers is pushing one uh, Wonder Woman, and and the other one, and it, and it just shows that there's not a lot of confidence in in. Theaters, or sorry, audiences go into theaters.
0: Yeah. Um, you sent an article over earlier today that we don't have here, but is outlined in this. Uh, Tenant only made like, Warner Brothers reported $20 million in North American markets, but it also includes all of Canada, which is not nearly as shut down <laughs> as, as like, you know, the U.S. proper. Uh, and so looking at the U.S., it's something like $9 million or something for like the first weekend, which is atrocious for a Christopher Nolan like blockbuster film. It's really bad
1: yeah exactly and it and it only dropped to six million this past week so that was supposed to be a huge movie supposed to get everyone back in into theaters and uh people just aren't excited enough about it maybe a different movie could have uh gotten more more people in seats but i i really think people just aren't really excited to go to the to the theater
0: andrew did you go see tenet have you seen anything in theaters recently
2: no (laughs) hard no have not I will say though um, in terms of movie delays my heart has already been broken because we were promised a Keanu Reeves day in which John Wick 4 the Matrix 4 were both going to come out on the same day so since that's been delayed and not happening eh, is kind of my reaction to everything I will say that I am excited to have a, a, a superhero movie during the holiday season
0: yeah, me too. I hope it holds up. Um, I really do. I, I, I would hate for it to get pushed back again. I think what's most disappointing about it is that Wonder Woman is a Warner Brothers picture, and Tenet is a Warner Brothers picture. So, like, they're looking at their own numbers and claiming on the front end, hey, things are great, go back to the movies, but then in their release schedule, they're moving things because it's not actually awesome. They're fudging numbers. It's not great! It's not great, and if the, with those two movies moving back, as far as I know, we don't have a big blockbuster coming out till November 6th with Black Widow. So I don't right. know what we're doing till then.
1: That That's the other big issue is is like um, there is nothing big coming out for the next almost two months. Like nothing in October to look forward to. And then, yes, you have Black Widow and, and James Bond, but those could get pushed as well, you know, if this doesn't improve.
0: Yeah. Pour one out for your movie podcast hosts, right? They'll figure something out. It'll be fine our last story uh nev campbell signs on for a scream relaunch uh yes they're remaking the scream films Andy, what you, have you seen the scream movies i've seen a few of them i think
1: i've seen the first two and i was old enough when the first one came out to uh you know get in on the hype because it, it was a big deal it was really scary and it, you know it's pre pre-modern internet um, you know, everyone kind of got hyped about it, and it, it was really subversive in a lot of ways. I think I saw the second one as well, but I didn't see past that. Uh, so it's cool that that you know we're kind of reinventing another '90s property. At the same time, I don't really know where they have to go because you would—I don't know how you're going to continue to subvert expectations in in 2020 horror.
0: Uh, Andre, any hot takes on this? I got a theory, but I'm curious if you—I don't know.
2: So I did see Scream when it came out, and I remember that it was very much pushed as this return to the slasher flick. So it's funny that it was nostalgic then, and now I'm nostalgic for 90s movies. So I actually am really, really excited for its release. Um, I definitely feel like when there is that continued story, I I I just feel bad for the character. I'm going to feel so bad for Sidney Prescott the same way I feel bad for John McClane. Like, they've been through a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I guess I'm not surprised she's coming back. Um, You know, looking at movies like Halloween and coming back with Jamie Lee Curtis, like, obviously, there's some benefit to doing that. Um, And then you can look at movies like, you know, Child's Play and see okay, well, they didn't bring back anybody old, Uh, they didn't even break the original voice actor. Uh, for Chucky, so maybe there's a little bit of, like, nostalgia money to lean into if you can get the original cast back, some of the old people. You can get some you can get some people in seats, which is what's important. I think uh, if they want to bring Scream back, they need to make Scream scary again. That's my hot take. Make Scream, like, actually scary. And also, like, goofy and fun, like, when you can. But, like, I think I saw... They, they did, like, Scream 4 or something while I was in college. It was the most recent 2011. One yeah uh and that one was like so forgettable <laughs> it, was, it was i don't i don't remember anything about it i remember going to see it but
1: i mean I, i've said this before that the slasher genre is almost like a a thing of uh a product of its time of a bygone era because it's you know we have cell phones now we we've gone past that so i think it's really hard to do the slasher genre in modern times
0: yeah i i i, I think that's true um yeah, no, I, I don't I don't have any disagreements with that. I, I think they're trying, right? Uh, especially, like I said, looking at Halloween Child's Play. But um, Halloween's the only one that's had any real success, I think. Um, the other ones have kind of fallen by the wayside. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Wes Craven's not around. Uh, but hopefully it's in the hands of some good people, I guess. And Courtney Cox and David Arquette are already coming back. With that being said we're done with the news it's time to talk about the, the feature the reason we're all here and I'm very excited to talk about this uh Andra has gra- graciously agreed to take the summary I think uh, Andy told you about that right Andra you up to date on <laughs> yes, her? She, yeah She's Okay, cool. cool. you know what's going on sweet alright with that being said uh Andra please um take it away
2: alright so not to play favorites but we're reviewing Bill and Ted
0: Bill we've spent our whole life trying to unite the world
1: And I'm tired, dude. Ted, we have a destiny to fulfill.
2: Greetings, my excellent friends. Um, We are talking about the two best friends who have spent the past 30 years trying to craft a song that will unite the world, only to find out this song actually has to save the world. And not only do they no longer have 30 years to do so, they only have 70-ish minutes um, before the, the world, the universe implodes.
0: Um Andy what do you think about that? <laughs> um No sorry Andre, normally our intro our, our intros are much more winding and 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 just kind of talky yeah. they're normally not so succinct so I appreciate it. Uh you did that better than Andy and I had probably <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I'm uh, going to be
1: rep- going to be replaced.
0: Yeah no you're you're rock solid. Um
1: So I'm not super familiar with uh, this property. Like I I, I remember seeing parts of it uh, growing up. I don't think I ever really watched the first two, like from start to finish uh, in the 90s. So I'm not super familiar with it, but I I know it is like a beloved property. It's it's what launched... uh, one of the things that launched Keanu Reeves' uh, career. Um, but I enjoyed this. I thought that this was a lot of fun, and it's the kind of style of movie that we don't really make anymore, that, that kind of, uh, you know, we need to raise $50,000 to save the community, whatever. That's kind of what what this is in a much more, like, galactic and time travel um, uh, way. And we, we kind of have these different vignettes and, and adventures, uh, but it's a lot of fun. And the characters, I felt like the, they they fall into these roles really well. I I was really worried that this could be, it could be really cringy really easily. It could be like embarrassing to watch, but, uh, but they do a really good job of kind of enveloping these characters, but, but older versions of them at the same time, like they're both married. They're both, uh, you know, still trying to make the band work uh, and things like that.
0: Andre, you've seen the films, the original, right? Um, What do you think of those? What's your history with those walking into this movie? What, where where was, where's your head Head at?
2: I think that this movie was the perfect next installment because it married ideas of the first two. In the first one, we just have these goofy characters who need to um, pass their tests, graduate school. The second one introduces death as a character. Um, you have evil robots. You have station. It just gets a little bit bigger than life. And this one um, has that. It has the fun of the musicians. It has the evil robots. Um, And it also very much plays into the time spent since the last uh, film. Uh, I really respect when there is a continuation. There's no way to say that this was a cash grab. Like, it really just felt like a nice favor to the fans.
0: Yeah, I I felt the same way. So I've seen the originals uh, a few times, uh, actually, and I'm a big fan of them. My my, uh, dad is a history teacher. So just the idea of, like, high school kids from the 80s, like, leaping through history to finish their... But fine, senior Report or whatever is a good time. And then Bill and Ted 2. I got that DVD in like a Pizza Hut promotion in like 2002 <laughs> or something. Um, and it's super good. Bill and Ted 2 might be better than the first one, which is crazy to a lot of people. But like that movie holds up great. and It's actually really cool when they die and go to hell and then heaven and stations the whole thing. Um, the idea of revisiting these characters so many years later... Is interesting one because you get to look at Keanu Reeves's like career, right, and where he's been. Two, Alex Winter, who's been mostly behind the camera ever since like a movie shortly after Bill and Ted, two called Freaks, or a Freaky or something like that. um I forget the name of it. But otherwise, he's he's been doing his like documentaries and something. So this is his return to form. And also, we get to jump back into these characters who are looking to unite the world uh, in what I guess is an alternate version of 2020 because they don't face a lot of the problems we have today. <laughs> um, how appropriate. But but it's cool because these two characters who are very whimsical and very, like, laid back and very, very positive all the time. These guys are hardly ever pessimistic. It's all optimism from Bill and Ted. These kind of goofy, lighthearted characters um, have to deal with this, like, expectation that's been placed on them to save the universe. And they have no idea how. And they've had to grapple with that for, like, 30 years. Um and it's really intriguing to see how they've handled that <laughs> in the face of like trying to save the universe and where their careers have gone. And now they have families. Um, all that's actually really cool. And and surprisingly, this movie manages to maintain like the spirit of those original films. So it kind of works. There's there's definitely some stuff in here that doesn't work great. But overall, I think it all comes around. And like I was pleased for like a 92 minute romp, which is very lighthearted. It's a very toothless movie uh, in the best way. Very pleasant watch for me. So, we should jump into it. Andra, where do we start? The plot, the characters, the acting, the, the, the <laughs> I, I don't know, the pace?
2: So the first thing that I guess I thought would be interesting to talk about is usually the concern when there is next installment of a story and it involves kids. And I will have to say that it's because uh, of Indiana Jones, The Crystal Skull. I get very apprehensive <laughs> when we're being pushed uh <laughs> just to have someone else carry off a legacy. And yeah. this handled it so well, in my opinion. I felt like it was just, it was a wholesome hug. Uh, the, the two daughters that they had, uh, it, it really enabled the story. Everyone was so supportive of each other. Um, and I really liked how that played out throughout the film
0: yeah i i I did as well like i I love the way our our Bill and Ted characters are like just as classic as ever they, I mean it just seems like they've aged up. If, if anything the only the only thing I didn't well we'll get we'll get into like the acting proper but they' they've got their families right They've got the princesses who are pretty much like just as thrown away ca- as characters as they were in the previous <laughs> films like they basically don't exist. Um, they're motivations for our characters, but they're not actually in the film a whole lot. but the daughters. Uh, who were like these wonderful just mirrored versions of of Bill and Ted uh, uh, played by Samara Weaving and Bridget Lundy Payne are like really good (laughs) and and just just light enough that it's not like a Shia LaBeouf handoff in 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 Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or anything like they get to go on the time traveling adventure of like the first film they get to go like grab a bunch of people from 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 other times and, and and use them to help their dad but like they <laughs> it's fun and like lighthearted in a way and they're actually really good and they emulate the original characters uh, in a way that's not like off-putting they're actually really pleasant and and that's surprising because normally the ones picking up the mantle aren't so much
1: yeah i i was gonna mention first off i i, I am probably the only defender of crystal skull uh i was once called the skullpologist <laughs> by, by, <laughs> by a friend of ours um but but that's a good example of how that movie was really trying to force Shia LaBeouf on us to like take up the mantle of Indiana Jones and and this like Andre said um, they, they become part of the adventure they're not just handing off to oh let's do three more Bill and Ted uh, films with their daughters they're Part of the original adventure, and and like you said, they they adopt their mannerisms, and uh, they're both really smart and also uh, very uh, mute, into into music. Um, and Bridget Lundy Payne, I haven't seen before, but she was great. Um, so I'll look forward to to see uh, what else uh, she ends up in.
0: Yeah, I thought she played a really interesting foil to. Ted, right? Keanu Reeves' character. Because, yeah. like, yeah. Oddly, oddly enough, Theodora, right? His his, his, uh, his daughter is. Um, oh no, she was Billy. I'm sorry. Theodora was Samara Weaving's character. Yep. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. She's probably the most dynamic out of the two of them. Samara Weaving was great in Ready or Not, and she's pretty good in this. But like, uh, Bridget Lundy Payne is like tearing it up. She's like classic Keanu Reeves. She managed to grab like that energy of like the really first two films. Whereas Keanu Reeves in this one, I love him to death, but like. I feel like he forgot how to be, like, the stoner dude bro, and he's done too many, like, zen action movies, uh, <laughs> and I felt like he didn't quite land in it, but Alex Winter was, like, right back in the saddle. He was great. Um, I, I thought he was he was wonderful, but I know we have somebody here who's a big Keanu Reeves fan. I fixed my posture Uh, the
2: second that you started criticizing him, because I'm just ready. Help me see the light
0: here, yeah, because it's it's fine, yeah. So
2: how I've justified this, because you're right, Keanu Reeves definitely has changed. His character acknowledges that. He says first and foremost that he's tired, and his acting shows that. Um, It it definitely doesn't follow um, the goofy character he once was, because he and Alex Winter in the first two films really play the same character and so mm-hmm. how i justify this is that the storytelling goes um that he they, they need to acknowledge themselves separate from each other specifically for the sake of their marriages they need to say i love you versus we love you and therefore it did make sense for keanu reeves to be a little bit different
0: yeah i think does that's that work? Fair. And- yeah, no, I, I agree. And and that's a fine segue into, like, their motivations, right? The whole deal is they're trying to save their marriages to the princesses. Uh, things are dry. They've been trying to do this Wild Stallions thing forever. They had little success following Bogus' journey, but ultimately it fizzled out. Um, and now, like, their wives are, are feeling like they're not as important, right, as, 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 like, their dreams, and they need to move on. So they, they do this whole marriage counseling thing at the beginning when we get some great opportunities for character growth in there. And ultimately they decide, hey, to, to to save our marriages, we need to create this song and and, and travel through time and we need to do all this stuff. Um, but then the princesses are just kinda of swept off screen. They're like given their own subplot to like travel through time and find versions of Bill and Ted that, that they're in love with. But you never really see any of that, and that's kinda of weird. Um, whereas the daughters get like way more play. And aren't actually directly involved in, like, the motivation of the plot. Um, but it still works. I don't know. These three little, like, threads of what each family member is doing, like, still kind of comes together in, like, a 90-minute feature that's just just enough that it doesn't overdo it, doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, it's still fun and, and, and whimsical. So, yeah. Andy, what do you think?
1: I mean, I, I thought uh, – this is back to Keanu Reeves. I thought he was – I thought he did uh... – kind of envelop his, his old character that being said i'm not completely uh as as familiar i do i do agree that the the two wives are kind of uh checked to the side uh a little, a little bit, bit. Yeah. Um, but we do have, have some other uh fun characters uh the, that show up um Shaw shawl shows up as the uh time travel the daughter she's rufus's Future daughter dude. that's right yeah that's right. Um, she shows up, uh, and she's funny. She she has such a great voice. I mean, she's n- known for uh, for her voice. If you watched uh, Bob's Burger, she plays Louise, and her like her her screaming and shrill is is like what's made her her career. Um, and you know, we also have a lot of. Uh, a lot of good humor in in the in the film. Sometimes it doesn't land, but more often than not, it, it does. There's this whole thing about a killer robot chasing them, but but the robot's like incompetent and keeps like killing the wrong people, <laughs> and he's just like, "Oops, uh, guess guess I'll leave now." Um, so that that's one thing that really made me chuckle.
0: Yeah, um, I I thought like the the proper adventure, right? Like our characters traveling through time was pretty good. Uh, Bill and Ted are basically tasked with creating the song that's going to unite the world. They only have, like, a little over an hour to do it. And they start traveling into the future to find future versions of themselves they can steal the song back from. Uh, boot, bootstrapping their own song, as it were. Uh, while they're doing that, the daughters are traveling through time to try to find musicians to create a backing band to play the song once they find it. So that's, that, that's kind of our two loose quests. Uh, and as far as Bill and Ted traveling through time, like, the characters seem to just fall right back into their old... Like, they're old habits. They're, they're, they're just as, like, optimistic and fun as they ever were. I think it's because the characters are originally... Bill and Ted, the two characters, were originally, like, improv characters. They are made up at, like, an improv night by the two writers, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. And then they thought, well, these two characters are funny. We'll keep doing bits. And after a while of, like, doing stand-up bits with these Bill and Ted characters, they were, let's make a movie and, like, cast a couple of guys in them. And that's what they are. So the characters of Bill and Ted have always stood apart from what the movies are and they still hold up fine and somehow after like 30 years it's still good like i kept thinking i wouldn't like it like the performance would be weird or canned or forced but like no alex winters like falls right back in keanu reeves has a different spin on it like they they they've worked just as good as they did andy i can't believe you haven't seen these old movies Andre, <laughs> what did you think
2: I agree. I think that the reason why they're characters, it's just so ripe for comedy because they're they're so quick to accept a situation versus overthink it. It's that same humor that you see in Beavis and Butthead where the two of them uh, are just on the same page uh, and really amplify each other. So mm-hmm. I loved it. I was so happy to have them return.
0: Yeah, and that like acceptance of like problems, right? and just immediately going, okay, well, here's what we're gonna do now because they have to, they have to deal with it. Um, it makes a lot of like what would normally be plot holes in a time travel film much more acceptable. Because if you tried to look at this movie like Back to the Future or something, you could punch it so full of holes and problems of like, well, that doesn't make sense, how would this work? Um, but it doesn't bother to stop for any of that. It's just like a 90-minute romp. <laughs> it's real fast. It goes through a lot of the old set pieces we've seen from the previous films uh, and, and, and interacts with a lot of the goofy characters and also in- injects people like the robot uh played by Noho Hank from Barry which is funny oh. um <laughs> yeah great. like i i think it does a great job of kind of showcasing what worked before and also introducing just a few new elements while also like not being lame and 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 half baked like so many i feel like new remakes are right
1: yeah uh one thing i wanted to mention is that uh the daughters go on this um this quest for the backing band and uh in doing so they they find a very kind of diverse uh group of musicians uh they go they find Jimi hendrix they find mozart they they go to Louis uh, armstrong right they go to ancient china and uh so i really appreciated just like the diversity of musicians and and cultures kind of represented in the backing band i thought that that was uh, a nice touch and an important thing to do
0: yeah uh, as the movie goes on, uh, and, and Bill and Ted get closer and closer to writing the song, things are going inherently wrong in time, right? We have other characters being plucked from time, like George Washington and Jesus, and being put in other t- areas. So by the end of the movie, you get a bit of, like, an apocalyptic, like, time is collapsing on itself thing. And, like, it's all kind of, like, this goofy CGI that normally, like... Looks terrible and it doesn't look great in this movie, but as far as I know, um, you yeah, know, they didn't have a great budget, and yeah, they don't need it. It doesn't, it doesn't like hurt what I'm watching. It's not like watching like Bohemian Rhapsody where it's supposed to be played straight, Like, it's inherently kind of goofy and chill. Um, and it works great, right? Andre, what, what do you think? Uh, effects, the look I of it, I think
2: everything is going to look terrible, CGI included, when you have Kiana Reeves' face also on screen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's a crackerjack analysis. Yes, I agree. Yeah, that's that's a very good point.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say the the CGI looks a, l- a little cheap sometimes, but like you said, that like it, this isn't Interstellar. It's not some big sci fi epic. It's it just needs to be good enough to get the the point across. Like it doesn't need to be look like the real thing if the real thing were even possible.
0: Right. So I'm curious if this had come out in theaters. Uh, well, I, how did you guys see it? Because I watched it at home. Like, I, I just VOD'd it. Did you guys go see it? I think Alamo Drafthouse was doing them. I was at home. Okay. Andra?
2: I was at home as well. It was my first time doing the VOD release. So they gave mm-hmm. it to you for 48 hours, which turned into a race against the clock and caused me to watch it three times. It was a wow. great weekend.
0: Hey, for 20, 20 bones, right? You're getting your money's worth on three yeah. watches. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would feel any differently going to see this in a theater i think it actually plays really well at home because it's a little bit more just like relaxed um i do wonder if i'd gone to see it in a movie if like in a theater if i'd felt differently get in the car drive over there sit for night you know um but watching it at home was like very nice and i wonder how much effort they put into getting it in theaters versus watching like staying at home and watching because i can't imagine it hurt I can't imagine it hurt their launch all that much. Maybe it did, but like I, the point is, this is a great at-home watch, I think, and, and I like everybody that's in it, and I like what's going on. Um, Andy, do you feel any incentive to go back and watch the old ones? Because I think you should. I really do. I, they're, they're, they're pretty tremendous.
1: I had planned to. I, I, I wanted to, um, and then I did, just didn't get around to it. Um, and I was going to actually go watch this in the theater at uh, the Alamo Drafthouse that's nearby. Yeah. Um, because it was actually going to be cheaper than renting it, but then i i thought when i go there i am usually order like a shake or something and i'm gonna be over the twenty dollars getting food so i might as well just watch it at home and not <laughs> ri- not right. risk not risk the covid uh so that's what i ended up doing yeah I, I i definitely like i said i wish i i had made time for it i didn't um but I, at some point i will
0: yeah uh you should I, alamo should do a double feature or something they're, they're really good um Andre, am I crazy for thinking Bogus Journey is better than Excellent Adventure? I realize we're going off the rails a little bit here, but I'm, I'm curious.
2: I didn't know how to react to that because a lot of people <laughs> would disagree with you. I definitely love all of them. Um, yeah. So the second one would be the one where people could maybe say it jumped the shark a little bit because it did mm-hmm. just get so otherworldly. However, knowing that we now have three movies, all of them at least satisfactory by you movie critics... Do we say that it's the best trilogy? Because every other trilogy has gone on to have a fourth, a fifth, and it's just gone downhill. Is Bill and Ted the best?
0: Well, I don't know if they're going to do another one, but for what it's worth, it's pretty good. I mean, somehow, like, it's rare that, that a trilogy, uh, ironically for these films, or coincidentally I should say, uh, can stand the test of time, right? It's rare that you can come back after 30 years and make another one and everybody goes, oh, this is actually kind of good. It's not, like, Oscar-worthy, um, but, like it had so much potential to be bad like so much potential to be overblown and like rather than spend too much time trying to take itself too seriously or 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 uh grow the universe in some new engaging way that's that's great like it, it just kind of just this little 90 minute feature it's just this little idea somebody had and they got keanu Reeves and alex Winter to do it and here we are um i think it plays pretty good is it the best trilogy ever I don't know. I'm gonna have to think back on my trilogies, but it's pretty good overall. I mean, it's it's a pretty solid swing at the bat. Andy, hot takes. What do you think?
1: Um, I, I would need to. Well, I would need to go back and watch the the first two uh, to really compare. Um, and also need to think through trilogies actually, because now Andre's right. A lot of them have created fourth and fifth movies, and so it's difficult to to remember what what just has three and hasn't. Uh, kind of jumped jumped the shark. So you're Maybe saying we'll it might for, be. <laughs> maybe, we, yeah. maybe we, yeah, maybe we'll wait for a third Blade Runner uh, movie to, <laughs> to complete.
0: Andre before we get to, like, final, final, uh, you know, opinions here, uh, recommendations, I should say, any any other hot takes on Bill & Ted 3? You're on the show. I'm curious. Any 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 angles, anything I missed, anything? I don't know.
2: I think you got it covered mostly. I will say that I, I did have to think through the wives' story being very much a cut corner. I've justified that one in saying that, it's mostly a prevented timeline anyway, that their story didn't need to shed too much light, and they still had a very sweet close at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. So I am happy with how that played out. In that way Um, it is great as you pointed out that this movie does not factor in how our 2020 is going I love that maybe the CGI how I'm justifying that is that it was a nod to the first two movies because it's the same way they chose and they opted not to take the futuristic pod to travel they chose the clunky phone booth so I I think that it very much um, tried to honor and do right by the first two
0: yeah and also like filling out its cast a lot with like original cast members getting ted's original father like back was really cool um and and he's like i think he's like 79 years old i looked him up earlier i was like oh god this poor guy but <laughs> yeah it, it does a great job of like picking up where the previous ones left off um uh, what one other note before we get to recommendations the editing in this movie is not great and i think it's only because like they've been in post-production like since quarantine started in February and I don't know if they just had to cut corners or what but there's some like things that probably should have been reshot that weren't um, I took a, I took a, a short video I should send to you guys of like a shot in here that's like a it like starts and then halfway through the cut they just reverse the footage and it goes backwards it's really quick, but uh, there's another shot of, like, Keanu Reeves. He starts talking in one scene, but no audio's coming out, and then it cuts to a different thing. Like, it's quick stuff, but there's just little mistakes that were in here, and I think it's just because of, like, the circumstances. But either way, I'm glad the movie exists. I'm glad it's here. So, with that being said, uh us start with Andra. Andra, would you recommend Bill & Ted 3?
2: Yes, this is very much the hug you need in 2020. Please watch it.
0: <laughs> Andy, <laughs> would you recommend it? Um...
1: Yes, but I would probably say wait for streaming. I don't think I I would recommend shelling out twenty bucks for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd recommend it as well. I'd say yeah, if you don't have a whole lot of people in your house to watch it, if you're not gonna get, the, if, you're not, if you're not gonna watch it three times like Andrew did, uh, you may not be getting your value out of twenty bones, but like it's still a good time. Like if you have a significant other or somebody else who has seen this movie or you just really want to watch it like pay the 20 bucks you you will enjoy it like I, th- I think it's a good time i'm i'm happy to say this is one of like the 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 new sequel nostalgia bait movies i can look back on and go oh that one was actually a pretty good example of how that can be done um because it's 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 charming in the best way i think andrew's right it's, it's the hug you need in 2020 <laughs> um so yeah that's that's that and with that being said we should move on to uh our next segment andy you want to introduce this one it's time for the trailer park so i think i'm taking the first one right if if i remember correctly (laughs) yep i'll be honest i'm definitely juggling screens over here because i wanted to make sure i have (laughs) Uh, A brief summary for this film. Ready? Uh, The movie is Denis Villeneuve's Dune. So, Dune is a... I guess a retelling of the Frank Herbert novel from 1979, I think it is. A book of the same name, also called Dune. Uh, About the son of a noble family who's entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. I'm reading that off IMDb because I've not read Dune. And I also haven't seen David Lynch's uh, film adaptation starring Kyle MacLachlan. I haven't seen that either. I'm trying to, I think, not watch any Dune because I really like Denis Villeneuve and I want to know what's going on in this movie. It stars Timothy Chalamet along with a host of other star-studded cast members. And I think it looks really cool this trailer came out uh, September 9th so we're just, just just under a week away from when this trailer premiered Andy hot takes on the dune trailer
1: so it looks really cool but I'm not familiar with the property at all I haven't read the novel I haven't seen the the, the David Lynch version mm-hmm. um, and if if I didn't know who was attached to it if I didn't know Denny Villeneuve, is it if I didn't know it was part of this big uh important graphic novel i wouldn't really be too excited because it just looks kind of like generic sci-fi like it looks cool but like there's i I don't know enough of the story for it to um get me excited i'm only excited because of who's in it and who's and who's directing it so i kind of need a little bit more the trailer looks cool it just it's not getting me excited i guess
0: Mm. andrew what do you think
2: Oh, what do I say to that? I am so excited for this movie. Yeah. Um, I say that as uh, I have read it. I, I have seen the David Lynch one. Um, oh, wow. What I haven't done is see the Jurodowski documentary about the film that almost happened. Um, I, I love Dune, um, so I shrieked. I'm so excited. <laughs> and honestly, I at first thought that maybe, um, especially because there is an overlap in a, a cast member, that this could capture some of like the Game of Thrones fans just itching for uh, a sci-fi whole world to, to get their hands on. Um, so I'm disappointed to see the trailer didn't pull you in, but there's still time.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited because it's Denis Villeneuve and because I've heard so much about Dune. Um, I've never seen Hodorowski's Dune, like the, the, the documentary, but I actually kind of want to watch that more than I want to watch the other things because I, I love the I love how films are made and like the idea that if this film was planned and was going to be this huge epic thing and never happened is is kind of fascinating to me. And also, I feel like it can skirt around the story because I don't want anything spoiled. Do you think Andy and I would be? I don't know, would we be doing something wrong by, by looking at the originals before this, or should we go in fresh? Is it worth going back and watching, like, the David Lynch version, or reading the book? What do you, what do you think?
2: I think that this is going to be very, very different than David Lynch's version. Mm-hmm. And please don't take that as me disrespecting David Lynch at all. Not not the case. <laughs> um, and the fact that I'm hearing that this is going to be broken out into two... Makes me think that there's ample opportunity to go through fresh. I, I won't judge you for it. I'd be really curious to hear how that that take is.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Anyway, uh, that's our first trailer. Well, What's next? Oh, well, wait, I, Andy. Talk, I have a hot quick.
1: I, well, I have a quick quick question, uh, for Andra, because you because you have read it and and seen it. Why is this such uh I guess such a revered property? Why is it so important? Is there a way you can summarize or without spoiling anything of like why is it such a big deal?
2: The characters are very intelligent and thoughtful, Um, and I I just love seeing how that translates. Even that line that they they whisper in the trailer, fear is the mind killer. It is such a powerful message throughout the book. Um, I'm sure that it, it. You'll hear that repeated maybe the same way you would hear, like, may the force be with you. Um, So I'm really excited. It's the same way that Green Lantern is my favorite superhero because it's willpower. There's just this intelligence to this sci-fi world that that really comes through in a great, powerful way.
0: Hmm. I like the sound of that. No, I've always heard great things. Sorry, I didn't. didn't, didn't <laughs> no, no I said good, no. I said
1: uh, good deal. Yeah, um, like I said, I'm not familiar with it, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, next up, we have a new horror, dark horror comedy called Freaky. Um, And this is a new film starring Vince Vaughn, which comes out November 13th, Friday the 13th, but in November. And uh, it it stars a young girl uh, who's in high school, who we get a kind of Freaky Friday. That's where the title kind of comes from, uh, where she body swaps with the killer, (laughs) with the slasher uh, played by Vince Vaughn. And so she ends up in his body. The killer then ends up in her body. And we have a series of... You know, horror things happen as as well as lots of comedy. Um, I really like the way this trailer looks. It, it looks funny. I I think I'll definitely be excited uh, to see it. Uh, Vince Vaughn's a- always entertaining.
0: Yeah, well, Vince Vaughn is definitely a relatively entertaining comedic comedic actor. Um, and I I think obviously the formula works for Bloomhouse. This is another one of those like, hey, it's. Like a film you kind of already know, but with horror stuff attached to it. Um, and it seems to work great for him. I mean, Happy Death Day played great. Uh, they made a sequel that also played great. So I can see they're kind of trying to chase that, that similar dragon. Uh, and, and, and putting Vince Vaughn in as kind of a swapped out, goofy character, I think, gives him a lot of play. I'm curious to see who this... who Who is the main gal they're introducing? Because... I hope she doesn't get too sidelined. That's that's the fear that like the big actor who is playing uh, like, Kath- the body double of her will
1: right see uh, the spotlight. Catherine Newton is who that is.
0: Well, I hope I hope she gets some I guess she, I hope she gets some opportunity for some good stuff. Otherwise, you know, it looks fun. It looks like a Blumhouse Bloom- horror. Andre, do you have any experience with these these movies?
2: I don't have too much experience. I will say that the trailer definitely looks of interest. However, my biggest problem is that she's describing herself as a loser she calls herself um that she would be the first person to die in a horror movie um drew barrymore and scream sometimes it's great
0: yeah well that's an interesting that's an interesting take i I don't think you're wrong speaking of Scream, have you heard new screams coming out did we talk about that (laughs) did we Yeah.
2: just trying to tie it back
0: I appreciate it. You're doing you're doing better than me. Yeah, you're doing great at this. Keep it up. Our last trailer we need to talk about. Uh, Andy, am I doing the tra- am I doing the, the summary for this uh, one? Or?
1: No, I got this one. Please do. Okay, so this is the trial of the Chicago Seven. So this is the new film uh, by writer director Aaron Sorkin, who of course did uh, the Social Network and Gone Girl. Uh, this is a movie about the Chicago Seven, which were an infamous group of of people. Um, who were put on trial after the 1968 Democratic National Convention uh, accused by the federal government of inciting riots and uh, conspiracy against the United States. And so uh, the film chronicles what, what happened, these riots, what led up to it, and the trial and the aftermath. Uh, we kind of have a star-studded cast here with uh, Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong, Mark Rylance, uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, along with uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen, the second, um, <laughs> that's quite quite a mouthful. Um, this looks really interesting. It's it, you know it's about something that happened in the sixties. I'm not familiar with this at, at all. Uh, it's a political legal drama. Um, I, I'm but I'm a big fan of Aaron Sorkin. He always d- does good, interesting work. So I'll be excited to see uh, what this is what this is about.
0: I'm really excited about this one. Uh, I don't know really anything about the story, but Aaron Sorkin is one of my favorite screenwriters, Uh, so I'm really looking forward to what's going to be coming out of this movie. I like the acting, I, I like the actors, I like what's in the trailer, and I like that I don't know a lot about the story similar to dune i think sometimes the less you know going in the better and this trailer does a great job of like giving you a feeling of what's happening without just saying here's exactly what's going to happen in this movie um and that plays really big for me so i'm excited to find out more about this and i like that it's coming to netflix so yeah andra what do you think
2: uh so i read that this was an idea that was on the table for over a decade um so it's Hmm. certainly timely for it to come out this year considering um like social movements, and, and and so I'm excited to see how this uh, goes. Um, agreed that the trailer didn't give away too many details, uh, and I'll be curious for more.
0: Yeah, so it'll be good. Also, more more play for uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen, who uh, most recently was in HBO's Watchmen and also um, Aquaman. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and he was At- gonna he was gonna be the lead in the upcoming Candyman.
0: He's the lead in Candyman. Yeah, and he's also in The Matrix Four in in an unannounced role. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going on with that guy. I think I think he's got a really interesting like career career trajectory right now. So for what it's worth, keep an eye out for him in these movies. And keep hearing on Off Script for more. That being said, we have one more movie to talk about. It's on Hulu. I'm going to be taking the summary for this one. So excuse me if it's a little clumsy. I am doing the summary for this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's correct. correct. Yeah, because Andre did Bill and Ted. Andy, how did you get out of doing this? Come on. I, I I reserved a spot for our guest. You did. And I, I appreciate that. I'm sure. Andre appreciates it too, I hope. Andre, are we doing all right so far? Are you good? No, we're yeah? good. All right, cool. Uh, the movie is Hulu's The Binge. America, a few years from now, prosperous, clean, and sober. Except one night a year when all drugs and alcohol are legal. So the binge is the story of the purge essentially if you're familiar with those horror films the idea that one night a year all crime is legal and you can do whatever you want the binge is a comedic take on that where all drugs and alcohol have been outlawed from america except for one 12 hour window out of the year when all of it's legal and you can do whatever you want Uh, in the world of the binge all drug dealing has stopped everybody has cooled off with illegal narcotics Prohibition isn't even a thing, but on this one night everything's open and every drug dealer in town is like opening opening packages to say do not open until binge night to to sell god knows what to who knows what. And our film centers around a group of high schoolers who are trying desperately to get to their binge party which is at a place called the library. And I think it's actually in a library. I never actually figured that out. <laughs> Uh, Griffin is our main character, uh, a young, a young boy who's determined to, to get with the principal's daughter for prom. Uh, he really wants to take her out on a date and he and his best friend Hags and their friend Jeremy are determined to get away from their parents who have told them not to binge, uh, get to binge night and participate in something called the gauntlet, which is a big challenge of binge i guess with drugs and alcohol where where the winners are gauntlet legends and their crown, their heroes in town he's he's trying he's trying to get a date with the principal's daughter that's really the the, the subject of the film so with that being said andy <laughs> what did you think of the
1: binge uh, so the binge is kind of uh influenced by and almost directly a copy of a number of of t- teen coming of age films uh, Think of things like super bad book smart from a couple of years ago actually borrows some uh actors or if not characters from uh from book smart uh, as well as that uh, i already say super bad um can't super hardly bad.
0: american can, pie sex drive euro trip road trip but right it, it checks a lot of like the teen stoner comedy boxes
1: right and so and so our protagonists are on a, a quest uh where they have to get to a party which is a obvi- uh, a lot of times a theme in these movies and they have, they don't know how to get there or they can't get there and they have to kind of get into these situations in and out these little adventures, uh, vignettes. Um, it's something that we've seen a lot before. This isn't a great execution of this idea. There are some funny parts. Uh, Vince Vaughn is actually pretty funny in this. A lot of it is not funny at all. It's kind of cringy. And I'm not sure how this, this idea of, cause it kind of has this really hard glorification of like drugs and alcohol and that's aimed at a really young audience because they, they say, like, this law is like, if you're 18, you can uh, drink and do drugs or whatever, which, as we all know, it's uh, 21 in most places here in the States. Uh, so, that was, I thought, a really kind of weird, conflicted uh, message. Like, I know it's going for this humor thing, but at, at the same time, like, you know, addiction and like binge drinking are huge problems uh, for college age students. So, that, like, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But um, there, there's some good here, there's some bad.
0: Yeah, uh, Andre, have you? I should have asked this before we started. Did you? Did you watch this? Movie? I did watch did you it. You watch the binge?
2: Okay, great, Andre. What did you think of the binge? Oh boy. Okay, so I will say that when I first watch a trailer and I see hear the high school bell, how all these trailers begin, um, I'm immediately like, nope, not for me. The coming yep. of age, the mm, the nice guy trope, it's just not for me. However, I, right. I, I'm thinking that this has more holes in it than. Um, Bill and Ted. Uh, I'm thinking about how this is 12 hours, not even 24 hours. They don't even get to do a boozy brunch. That's a problem. <laughs> That's um, true. The whole film is them trying to get, like, dates for the prom, and then they're going to go to a prom and have root beer. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, go ahead. Go
0: ahead. No, please. I
2: I will say that um, it didn't have any of the fun that could come with drinking. Uh The text message, it was autocorrect that screwed up the text. It wasn't just getting drunk and thinking, this is a great idea to say to someone. And then hours later, looking at it when you sobered up, being like, what did I do? Um, They never slurred. Uh, They never, there just was no fun. I was even thinking about Beavis and Butthead do America when they go on a trip and they have all like the 70s cartoons uh, to orchestrate their trip. There was just nothing. There was no drunk fun.
0: Yeah, it never really, like, reaches the high it's claiming you're going to get to, even when you get to the later events of the film and the binge night is going on and people are getting more inebriated. Like, it never really, it never really climbs the mountain it claims it's going to climb. And I guess if you really wanted to grandstand, you could say, well, maybe it's a message against doing those things. But like, it totally isn't that smart. Like, it just isn't, it just it doesn't hold up the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, I think it makes some big claims right um especially with like this this idea of, of straight excess i mean just in the title it's called the binge for god's sake like this idea that you could go completely nuts and be high be in high school and be at the the peak of your life and drink and do all of the drugs you want to do and you'll still accomplish your goals is is, is incredi- incredibly unrealistic and like it's just kind of not fun to watch you know um even when the characters are supposed to be completely hammered, they don't—they don't play good drunks. They're just not very convincing. Uh, when they're when they're doing a litany of, of drugs, they're—they're they're not very convincing to, as to have been doing these drugs. It just—it doesn't—it doesn't really hold up particularly well at all.
1: Yeah, I feel like the, lots of people would have died do, doing this, like because they do drink so much and they do all these kinds of uh, crazy drugs. There's this whole thing about like who can do the like the most cocaine yeah like event and i'm like that that'll you'll die (laughs) you know and there's this kind of there's a whole time with scarface um i i feel like there's two movies here like you either should have done like uh what is essentially the hangover or like a a drug comedy which you, you probably should have should have been more adult and involved older older adults or you should have done a high school coming of age film it feels weird to kind of mix these two genres Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it feels like it tries to accomplish like hangover level of problems with like high school comedy levels of, of, of consequences. Like it never actually like is a problem for anybody. You're right. It, towards the end of the film, one of these challenges is is to literally stick your face in a mountain of cocaine, and it's like you would die. You would die almost instantly. Like that 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 would not work at all. And it never has any of those problems. Like we have adults punching children, that never has any kind of fallout. And like I, I guess. Okay, so let's just jump into the movie proper, right? Like, let's let's just start to talk about, besides where it's not working as a story, like just kind of the film as a whole. Uh, we have our we have our lead actor, uh, what is his name? Griffin, Griffin. played by Skyler Gazondo? Uh who's been in a handful of other things. Our only other real real standout is Vince Vaughn, who plays the principal and also the father of the girl that's that Griffin is pursuing. Um, <laughs> Vince Vaughn probably has the most opportunity to kind of flex his chops here. He's, it's more of like a wedding crashers kind of role, like this goofy adult who's clearly not all that grown up and, and has no problem uh, just kind of being mean to people for, for fun. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of a whole lot of newcomers uh, that are pretty okay just across the board i think everybody's pretty all right in this movie right andy
1: yeah i so one of the guys i actually recognize from tiktok uh uh their black friend hags uh, played by dexter darden um i've seen him a couple times on tiktok more than i've actually seen him on film. Uh, I recognize wow. uh, Skylar Gazando from uh, Booksmart mostly, as well as uh, Edward fr- uh, Franco, who, he's got super long uh, hair. Yeah, you can't can't yeah, really fr- forget him.
0: He, yeah, he's the kooky friend. Andra, any, any thoughts?
2: I didn't recognize any of the actors besides Vince Vaughn, and mm-hmm. I felt like Vince Vaughn was kind of hindered in this role, almost like some of the times he had to be the, the principal from Ferris Bueller. It, it seemed very stop-and-go. Mm-hmm. and you had
0: other thoughts I'm sorry okay, well, yeah.
1: well, well what I was going to say is that uh, so Skylar Gazzardo played a senior in Booksmart which came out in 2017 2018 and now he's still playing a senior like two three years later I'm like how old is this kid <laughs> or like how does he look, manage to like still look high school age or kind of look high school age
0: yeah uh, <laughs> the, the casting is definitely a little odd and you can tell they kind of they kind of front loaded it with hey these are kids who have some experience versus like Probably kids who are new to the scene, which I guess is fine. Uh, our, our three kind of boys who are running around fit into the very stereotypical, like, high school teen comedy roles. We have our main character, Griffin, who's kind of a loser, but smart, but doesn't have a whole lot of success with, with, with gals, but is, is looking to, to date the principal's daughter. He's going to do it, all right? He's finally going to ask her. He's worked up the courage. We've got the friend, Hags, who is encouraging him to do these things and is like, you're going to be fine. Everything's cool. Let's binge. It'll be great. I'll help you figure out how to get with the principal's daughter. And we have Andrew, played by Roberto Franco, who is like the weird wild card kid, um, who, in my humble opinion, kind of fell flat. He wasn't like I don't know. I don't. I don't think anybody acts like his character acts. He doesn't. He doesn't fit into any kind of like. Well, weird he's supposed to kind of be a,
1: a stoner, but you're already in a stoner comedy, or so it's it's kind of strange. But I I agree.
0: Yeah, like he wasn't convincing to be anything i was just like you're, you're just kind of a i don't i don't know his character didn't stand out in a particularly interesting way um we've, we've got our character vince vaughn who is like chasing these boys essentially like like principal rooney and ferris bueller you're right andre like he's basically just following them uh hot on the trail of wherever they're going uh to make sure his daughter who has escaped the comfort of his house on binge night uh has gone to this party uh, we have some we have some parents who, who aren't important to the film and, and don't really keep up. Ultimately, these kids are just trying to make it from A to B. They're just trying to get from their house to the party on binge night. And and that's complicated for a number of reasons that aren't really like important or damning. Like it's just kind of a, a, a goofy romp through town, I guess, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it's not a really good one. So they have this like Pedal. they don't have a car they have this like pedal bike like a a, a beer trolley uh that they're pedaling around town which is pretty unrealistic I, I was like i feel like you can't pedal that thing more than like half a block or something <laughs> then you'll just be done and so there's again the the adventure of trying to get to the party and kind of stopping at different places along the, the way the thing is this started to feel so cliche to me like if you've seen uh like i said super bad you have the the kind of outcasts who are trying to get to a party who um have a falling out who make up at the end who learn something and grow a little bit and then uh get the girl in the end Mm -hmm. and and it's just like i could see all these beats coming and it was just really kind of predictable and not very interesting
0: yeah Yeah, and the thing that has to hold up i think a movie like that if you're gonna retrace those steps it's got to be like funny or it has to do something that, like, stretches the genre. And unfortunately, this movie doesn't really stretch the genre. It's also not very funny. Um, Andre, any hot takes on the humor here?
2: So after this movie, I started thinking, what is the best drinking movie ever? And so I started Googling around, and I determined that there were three different categories that could be translated to make the best drinking movie. Either, one, it's it's more of like a college or high school movie, the old school, animal house, what have you. There's. Sure. Two, a movie that would just make a good drinking game that could be like watching Jurassic Park and drinking anytime a, a dinosaur appears. Um, yeah. Not recommended, not, not a safe strategy. Um, <laughs> or three, a movie that takes place in a bar. So something like um, like Tree's Lounge. So I was thinking about it and I've decided that the best drinking movie of all time is Roadhouse. So okay.
0: <laughs> I'd rather sure.
2: watch Roadhouse.
0: Right yeah. boot, right boot. Well, that's... A, okay, well, hold on. This film doesn't star like Patrick... I mean, Patrick Swayze, right? It's not gonna... But I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's it's not... Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really seem to accomplish any of the things it's setting out to do. It's not a fun teen movie. It's not a fun drinking movie. It's not a fun, like, comedy. I feel um, like
1: it's, like, barely a comedy. Like, I, I think I left enough for it to count as a comedy, but there's a lot of jokes that fall flat. There's a lot of funny scenarios that fall flat. There's a lot of lines that fall flat. There's a lot of uninteresting characters. But there are some... It's balanced, but there are some good moments. There are some good lines. I laughed at Vince Vaughn a handful of times. So it's it's kind of like... It's weird because some of it is kind of funny a lot of it is not funny at all so I mean, i'm not sure where that where that lands
0: yeah and somehow in like a 90 i think it's like a 95 minute feature film uh i still wanted to like get on my phone i was still like bored somehow. yeah
1: i was like could this be over now
0: <laughs> yeah and you start to think like is it because i'm old right is this is this how adults feel like when they try to watch movies like this but like no it's just not that funny it's just not it's just fundamentally like just doesn't doesn't quite hit the way it needs to um any I was, thoughts on this one? I hate to just wrap it up, but I, I yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's hard to talk about a bad movie for, for a long yeah. time. Um, like I said, I, I was reminded a lot, or I thought about Booksmart a lot, which I love and I think is one of the best comedies in, in like the last 10 years. And it is a high school coming of age film, but it's, it's so, so much better. Like, like the like characters it. are so much better. It's so funny from beginning to end. It has a great soundtrack and it's just far more interesting movies. And it's funny because it's some of these same exact characters.
0: Yeah yeah it really is like booksmart just seemed to do this so much better um it it grew the genre and it was funny like did, did both of these things whereas this one is just not quite there it just comes off just kind of a cheap imitation and not only in like its script and its format but like also in presentation there's a musical number at the end of this that like looks really shoddy and i think it was supposed to be like fun and whimsical anyway but like it still just looks bad like it's just not it's just not a fun sequence to watch um it's all it's the restricted. money went
1: went to Vince Vaughn
0: yeah it really seems like all the money went to Vince Vaughn yeah that's uh, that's that's kind of the deal uh i don't know i guess that's it andra would you recommend uh, Hulu's the binge
2: no. Um, there's definitely the possibility that we're just old. We've seen too many things like it that it just doesn't work for us as it might work for someone when they're seeing these kind of tropes for the first time. Um, I haven't seen Book Smart. I-, I will go for Andy's opinion that if you're looking for a school comedy, that's the one to go to. Um, and I'll just voice over that if you really cared about the alligator crocodile that they had to um, compete with in the gauntlet that you see in the trailer, if, if that's your up your alley, maybe watch Nathan for you. So you're uh-huh. covered either way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Andy.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with strong. No, uh, <laughs> it's a little funny, but not really funny enough. Uh, there's way better comedies, way better movies. Uh, it's incredibly cliche tropes that we've seen uh, for a long time. Uh, for the last 20, 25 years. And like I said, it's a weird celebration of, of drugs and alcohol. That's a, It's too over the top for how young this audience is, and that really uh, bothered me, so I'm going to go strong no.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go no as well. I feel like the only people who would like this movie are, like, 16-year-olds who are anticipating the idea of being old enough to drink and go to college and do drugs. Anybody else who has any kind of worldly experience, this is just really lame. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing here that like is good enough to make you stick around or recommend it to anybody. It's just kind of, uh, it's kind of a bummer, I guess. So that's the binge, and that's our show. Oh my god, episode 116 uh, uh, under under our hat um, with our guest. With our guest, Andra. Thanks for sitting in. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I feel like I talked a whole lot more than you should have. I probably should have given you the floor.
2: No, this was so much fun. Thank you. It was it was nice to follow uh, your lead
0: thanks thanks for hanging out with us thanks for watching bill and ted 3 i'm glad you like it now we just gotta get andy to watch it <laughs> well to watch the originals i guess yeah that's right.
1: anyway uh andy what are we watching next week Next week, uh, we got a double feature on streaming. We have Antebellum, which is the kind of horror sci-fi thing starring uh, Janelle Monae. That's going to be out on Amazon Prime on September 18th. And then we also have Netflix's The Devil All the, T- All the Time, uh, which is starring Tom Holland, uh, Robert Pattinson, Jason Clarke. Uh, riley keogh and it's like a southern gothic uh mis- murder mystery something or other a lot going on in that film it's got a great cast uh looks really good and so that comes out on
0: uh september 16th i'm excited about both these movies because i don't know a whole lot about either of them uh Annabelle, i've been interested in since they like announced it a while ago and it got delayed and now it's finally coming to streaming so i'm excited to see what's going on there and janelle is great uh devil all the time big supporting cast i like what they're doing andre any hot takes on these are you are you
2: familiar I stay away from some of the serious films. So I might just go back to like rewatching Futurama, but if you ever want to guess for a comedy, I'll be ready. Yeah. (laughs) Hey,
0: watch out next Keanu Reeves picture. We do. We got to, uh, I got you. Yeah. Avondra Colin, Andy, are you, are you looking forward to these? I mean, are you,
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to antebellum The and I'm looking forward to the devil all the time. Like that cast looks amazing. The problem is though, is I'm a little worried about a movie that comes out on a Wednesday. So this comes out next Wednesday and I've, and and it's also in the middle of the month so i feel like it's not a hot release time and if something doesn't have a good release time it makes me think it may not be very good so i'm a little apprehensive but i'll try and withhold judgment
0: well i'm sure the folks on streaming services know what they're doing they know when they're announcing things they've got strategies or right? they got algorithms and billions of dollars behind this stuff they know what they're doing wednesday movies are fine don't 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 judge a movie by the day it comes out um that being said our episodes come out every tuesday and if you enjoyed the show, uh, you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter We're on Instagram. And, and our, our live streams go up to YouTube as well as live stream every Tuesday evening on Facebook. So you can follow us there to keep up with what we're doing and see what we look like. We're on iTunes and, and we're on, you know, the, the Google Play Store and Spotify and all of those places as well. If you want to support the show, if there's anything you can do for us, you can subscribe. Subscribe to the show. Get new episodes every single week. Rate and review if you can swing it. That would help us a bunch too. Just let us know what you thought in a couple of words. Write us correspondence mail at offscriptfilmreview.com you can check out our website offscriptfilmreview.com i think that's all the plugs (laughs) and with that being said andre thank you again for joining the show i appreciate it awesome got it andy uh from all of us at offscript the home of bold cinema i'm zach lewis
1: and i'm dr draper
0: thanks for watching